Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Stoplis, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 7th of January, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic imitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes. Just sit back and enjoy. So take it through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there. Happy New Year to you and yours. 2017 is upon us. I hope uh, this year is uh, uh, great for you and get everything you want. And uh, 2016 ended on a, uh, uh, well, didn't really end the regular season. That was uh, completed on New Year's Day itself. All 16 games were played on New Year's Day. And now we move on to the playoffs. So if 2016 ended with a championship for you, congratulations. Uh, otherwise, you got a lot of work to do in the off season. But this week is not only to recap week 17, but also to look ahead at the wild card round. We have our game picks. We have our, uh, uh, our fantasy genius that we are going to answer from NFL.com and give you our views as to who you should start if you are in a playoff, uh, playoff pool. Uh, also, we are taking part in the uh, NFL.com's playoff challenge, and we'll give you our picks for each of those positions or each of those uh, uh, players. And, of course, that game itself, great to play, the fantasy playoff challenge on NFL.com. You pick one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. And if they advance, you, you, you get basically the scoring that they, uh, uh, that they do in the games based on yardage, touchdowns, things like that. If they move on to the next round and you pick the same player, uh, those points are worth, and the next round, of course, it's worth triple. And if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, it is quadruple the points from the first round. So you want, to pick team, you want to pick players from teams that you think will go long in this tournament and also have good matchups because if you, uh, if you pick a player uh, that may or may not be uh, good this week, and you, just because you think their team's going to win, getting double of two points isn't going to help you. <laughs> so you want uh, players who are going to perform, but to break ties, you're looking at players who are going to be around for a while. So I can tell you from my picks, I pick players from five different teams, which means I expect at least one of these players is going to be on a losing team. So it's just because the matchup is too good to, uh, to ignore. Uh, so we'll take you through all of that. Also, Fantasy hockey uh, gets uh, more of a bump this week and and closer to center stage uh, as we uh, look back at week 12 and ahead to week 13 with uh, injuries and hot pickups. Also, since it is the first episode in January, we will look back on the month of December for our All-Statman team. And in fact, we're going to start off with that and look back at the All-Statman team for the month of December. First for football. And we are going from weeks 13 through 17 here. I know 17 was January 1st, but if uh, a player had a good uh, 13 through 16, had a good 17 but didn't make the playoffs, they're not going to be the best of January. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's include week 17 in there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the month in December, 139 fantasy points. Uh, he had 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. Also had a running touchdown but he threw for 1,354 yards, uh, and he had 139 fantasy points, which was first 
in the league. Andrew Luck was second, only four points behind. In terms of yardage, Aaron Rodgers uh, only finished uh, ninth, actually tied for eighth with Russell Wilson, but the 13 to nothing touchdown to interception, that was the difference. On to running backs, the top two running backs in the league, Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, arguably the two best running backs in football. Bell, 114 fantasy points. He ran for 569 yards in a five-week span with four touchdowns. Also caught 18 balls for 179 yards and a score as well. David Johnson only rushed 83 times for 318 yards and six touchdowns, though. So his six touchdowns were tied for the most with Devontae Freeman and LeGarrett Blunt. Uh, Johnson also caught 25 balls for 266 yards and a touchdown. He had 107 fantasy points. That was five better than third-place Devontae Freeman and uh, seven better than fourth-place LaShawn McCoy. On to wide receivers, Jordy Nelson and J.J. Nelson were the top wide receivers. It is the Nelson and Nelson show. J.J. Nelson, you didn't expect to see him on this list, but he's right there, the Arizona Cardinals' wide receiver. So they get a running back and a wide receiver in the best of and Green Bay gets a quarterback and a wide receiver. Jordy Nelson, 36 catches on 44 targets. That's efficient. 503 yards and five touchdowns. J.J. Nelson got there on a gimmick run, a 56-yard touchdown run. That's why he's on this list. But he had 14 catches otherwise for 295 yards and four touchdowns. In third place, even though he's a wide receiver, he only had 14 catches, but he had 48 rushes, and that's Ty Montgomery, who was in third place, 73 fantasy points. He wouldn't be nearly this high if he was listed as a running back, but because he's listed as a wide receiver and the three rushing touchdowns got a little extra attention. He did not have a receiving touchdown. So Nelson and Nelson, Jordy Nelson and JJ Nelson tied for first and they were the wide receivers of the month, uh, three ahead of Ty Montgomery and five ahead of Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs. For tight end, Zach Ertz of the Eagles, the number one tight end in all of football, and he had 80 fantasy points, 40 receptions on 55 targets in a five-week span. That's eight per game. 443 yards and three touchdowns. A big month for Zach Ertz, 11 better than Travis Kelsey, who uh, had uh, 450 yards receiving, a little more than Ertz, but only one touchdown compared to three for Ertz. Ertz was uh, second among tight ends in yardage, and tied for third with several uh, tight ends in touchdowns with three. Charles Clay and Dwayne Allen had the most touchdown receptions. Ertz had the best combination of yardage receptions and touchdowns. For kickers, the best kicker, and we have a tie, Jason Myers and Matt Bryant. Uh, Bryant was more efficient. We give it to him. 10 of 11 in field goals. 59-yarder was his long, and he did not miss an extra point. He was 20 out of 20 and 66 points. Jason Myers was 12 out of 16. He also had a a 50-yarder plus. He had a 56-yarder. That was his long. He was only 8 for 10 for extra points. If he kicked his extra points, he would have uh, gotten the uh, nod. But Myers gets the honorable mention, 66 points. Just to give you the overall, Bryant was 4 for 4 in field goals of 50 yards or more, 2 for 2 between 40 and 49. The only miss he had was uh, within within the 30 range, 30 to 39. He was four for four in in the tw- uh, basically 29 and below. Uh, Myers was four for six in uh, field goals of 50 yards or more. Defense and special teams. The Cardinals defense. This has been a Cardinals month. Uh, 
running back, wide receiver, and a defense special team. 58 fantasy points, 16 points better than the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Cards had 19 sacks. That led everybody. Uh, four interceptions, six fumble recoveries, two returns for a touchdown. And uh, that was the best uh, defensive effort of the month. The 19 sacks, three better than the Cowboys and the Panthers. But overall, in terms of points, 16-point difference between the Cardinals at 58 points and the Chiefs at 42. So that is our all-stat-man team for football. Let's talk, take a look at our all-stat-man team for the month of December for the sport of hockey. And Sidney Crosby was blazing hot. Second place of Jenny Malkin. So those two carry the uh, Penguins and also uh, anchors our all-stat man team. Crosby, the first-line centerman, 11 goals, 9 assists in 15 games, a plus 8, 4 penalty minutes, 4 power play goals. He had 75.5 points. On left wing on the first line, Chris Kreider of the Rangers, 11 goals as well, 5 assists in 15 games. Uh, That is 16 points in those 15 contests, plus 8 as well, 6 penalty minutes, 3 power play goals. And Kreider had 67.5 fantasy points, the best scoring left wing in hockey in the month of December. Cam Atkinson of the Columbus Blue Jackets, your top line right wing, nine goals, eight assists for 17 points in 14 games, a plus eight as well, four penalty minutes, three power play goals, added a shorty, and he had 71.5 fantasy points. On the second line of Jenny Malkin, seven goals, 14 assists for 21 points, plus 11, 10 penalty minutes, five power play goals. He had 56 shots on goal. That was uh, the top number in the league, one ahead of Patrice Bergeron and Vincent Trocek, who had 55 shots on goal. You always look at shots on goal as uh, as a maybe more of a predictive statistic because they're getting shots to the net, and if they're not uh, uh, if they're not going through the goaltender, shooting percentages usually normalize over time, and if they keep getting the shots on goal, eventually they'll go in. Uh, but Malkin is the second-line center. Second-line left wing, Brandon Saad of the Columbus Blue Jackets, eight goals and seven assists for 15 points, a plus 12. That was uh, right up there with the leaders in 14 games, two penalty minutes, a power play goal. He had 62 fantasy points. On the right wing, first or second line, I should say, is Phil Kessel of the Penguins. Uh, he had six goals, 11 assists in 15 games, plus three. Two penalty minutes and a power play goal. He had 56 fantasy points. So the top two lines completely consistent of either Rangers, Blue Jackets, or uh, Penguins. And that that's how uh, things are right now uh, in hockey, especially in the Eastern Conference. That's where it's at. Uh, the Blue Jackets refuse to lose. They finally have their 16-game uh, win streak snapped. But the Penguins are playing well. The Rangers are playing well. Uh, and they are the uh, the top of the Eastern Conference. On the third line, Derek Stepan of the Rangers, 54.5 fantasy points, five goals, 11 assists, and a plus 11. Uh, he was he had 15 games, a power play goal. He had 54.5 fantasy points. In a tie with Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, we're going to give him the fourth-line center, uh, mainly because Stepan is a local player. I've got to be honest. Dreisaitl it was a better, had better numbers, had more goals. We're the same. So we'll give Stepan the third-line centerman. Make the Ranger fans happy. Try Seidel, the fourth-line centerman. Uh, but uh, regardless, on the third-line left wing, Jonathan Drouin went from the outhouse to the penthouse. Eight goals, seven assists in December, 15 points in 13 games, plus seven, two, pe- uh, two penalty minutes and four power play goals, 61.5 points for him. On the right wing, uh, we, have, uh, we have to dig for this one. 
Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, the St. Louis Blues, only 42 points for him, but six goals and 10 assists for 16 points in 14 games. The problem is he was a minus six for the month. Six penalty minutes, two power play goals for Tarasenko. And that is your third line. Fourth line, we mentioned Dreisaitl is the centerman. Uh, on one wing, Artemi Panarin, the bread man, left winger for the Blackhawks, seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points in 15 games. He had 54 and a half fantasy points thanks to his four power play goals. And finally, on the right wing, Patrick Lina of the Winnipeg Jets. What a rookie season he's having. Six goals and six assists in 14 games, uh, plus four, four penalty minutes, two power play goals. He had 40 and a half fantasy points. Among the forwards, honorable mentions, Michael Grandland of the uh, Minnesota Wild. Of course, the Wild have had a fantastic month as well with a 12-game winning streak in their own right before it was snapped at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Grandland, a plus 13 for the month. Miko Koivu, a plus 15 for the month. He had uh, five goals and eight assists in 14 games. He gets an honorable mention. And also, Jeff Carter's 10 goals. Honorable mention for him. Eric Stahl, 14 points in 14 games. His, you know, his career is experiencing a renaissance. Max Pacioretty as well, 10 goals and five assists in 14 games. Uh, he is an honorable mention. On to defense. And uh, let's see the six best. John, uh, Justin Schultz was the best defenseman in hockey, and it wasn't even close. He was 28 and a half points. I'm sorry, 29 and a point uh, and a half points ahead of um, uh, of Victor Hedman for second, uh, who was in second place. Uh, actually, I, I take that back. It's 30 and one half points. Schultz six goals, 12 assists in the month of December. He was a plus 16, and among defensemen, that plus 16 was the best, tied for the best with David Savard of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Schultz had uh, a fantastic month, six penalty minutes, one power play goal in 15 games, and he had 106 points. Uh, second place, Victor Hedman at 75 and a half points was, uh, was second, two goals, 14 assists and a plus five, six penalty minutes. Brent Burns starts off the second pair at 73 and a half fantasy points, six goals, eight assists in 13 games, a plus nine, 10 penalty minutes, a couple of power play goals, and his 52 shots on goal were second to Aaron Ekblad, in the month of December, um, but uh, Burns had uh, had the points to go with it, and he is the second uh, on the second line, uh, uh, blue line. Jared Spurgeon of the Minnesota Wild uh, completes that second pairing with Burns, three goals, seven assists, and a plus 14 in 14 games, eight penalty minutes. He had 66 and a half fantasy points. On the third, uh, we have uh, Northeast Division, or I'm sorry, now the Atlantic Division. Rasmus Ristolainen and Jeff Petrie. They are your third-line uh, D-pair. Ristolainen, three goals, 11 assists for 14 points in 14 games. He's also at a point a game, joining Burns and Hedman and Schultz as players who are in that uh, list. Eric Carlson as well. He didn't qualify for the All-Stat Man team, but he's also at a point a game in the month of December. But Ristolainen, uh, 61 fantasy points. Jeff Petrie, five goals, four assists, and a plus nine in 14 games. He had four power play goals. I'm sorry, four penalty minutes and one power play goal. Uh, Petrie, 55 and a half fantasy points. He had four goals at even strength, one on the power play. And uh, that is your best, those are your best defensemen for December. Goaltenders, there are two of them, and you would expect who they are because wins, you get points for wins. Sergei Barbrowski, Devin Dubnik. Those are your two best goaltenders in the month of December. They had the long winning streaks. Bobrovsky, a perfect month, 12-0, but he did not have a shutout. 
12 and 0, a 1.75 goals against, and a 939 save percentage. He allowed 21 goals in the month of December in 12 games. He had 79.4 points. Devin Dubnik, 10 and 1 with a shutout, 1.88 goals against, 934 save percentage. He allowed 23 goals in 12 games, and the one loss was at the hands of Bobrovsky. So that is uh, those are the best goaltenders. Now among uh, the enforcers, players who uh, uh, actually have a little of both, penalty minutes and scoring. Wayne Simmons uh, is our uh, player of the month, our enforcer of the month. Six goals, three assists, and 39 penalty minutes. The 39 penalty minutes ranked second in the league, and uh, he had six goals, which among players with 25 or more penalty minutes, only Evander Kane had more goals at eight. Um, and uh, – but Simmons had 12 more penalty minutes. Uh, also, uh, Martin Hansel deserves to mention five goals to assist and 29 penalty minutes uh, for him. So um, I, I would say Simmons with Evander Kane, a close second, Martin Hansel also in the mix there. Uh, so that is a look at the all Statman team for the month of December. Okay, 17 minutes past the hour. We still have a lot to get to tonight, or today, I should say. Uh, This is our first show of 2017. Our next one will be next Saturday at 11 a.m. or I'm sorry, at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, We, uh, if if you read on the blog this week, StatmanSportsOnline.com, you uh, saw our plans for the year, and of course, our Saturday shows this week in fantasy sports will continue as uh, as they have for for a long time. They will continue, and sports with the Statman, of course, will continue. Uh, This is episode number 715, so we will continue to uh, bring you an episode a week. Uh, We also will be – we have transformed. We are are no longer having our midweek show uh, due to work and life and things like that. So uh, we are moving that into a blog, the countdown blog, and you can read that. Uh, They should be posted in the middle of the week on StatmanSportsOnline.com. And finally, we uh, want to put together a gaming segment. Uh, I mentioned on on the blog that I wrote that uh, um, I've always wanted to get to it. problem is there's so much fantasy stuff to talk about that we run out of time. So uh, we will do a separate gaming segment. It will most likely be on Twitch, and uh, we will take you into the simulations that we do. Uh, We have some simulations planned. Follow along on statmansportsonline.com to find out more about those, but we are, uh, we are going to uh, most likely do another daily MLB league like we had last year uh, for the 2017 season, but we are also going to introduce some new stuff and we hope you like it. And hope you follow along uh, and interact, interact with the show on uh, Facebook, go to facebook.com slash sports with the stat man, like us on Facebook, say hello. If you have any pro opinions or fantasy questions, or uh, if you have any, uh, any gaming opinions or, or uh, uh, what you think of the uh, of the simulations that we're going to do, um, you can also tweet me at gstatman, that's at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N, and, and the, the Twitch segment will be called This Week in Statman Sports Simulations, uh, and that will be most likely by the end of January. Okay, let's uh, move right along here with our, uh, with our look into the wild card. Now, uh, week 18... Uh, and the weather doesn't seem to be so bad. It will be cold in Pittsburgh. It will be cold in Green Bay. But from a weather perspective, it won't be that bad. The Steelers, they, there will be, a, there will be a, a wind coming in 
uh, from the west at 12 miles an hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That is the forecast. Uh, it will be 16 and partly cloudy. In Green Bay tomorrow after late afternoon for the Giants-Packers game, 11 degrees, partly cloudy, an 8-mile-an-hour wind from the south-southwest. But today's games will be relatively balmy. In Houston, 43 and clear, 10-mile-an-hour wind from the north. And in Seattle for the Lions-Seahawks game, 39 and overcast, 4-mile-an-hour wind from the east-southeast. Thanks to NFLweather.com for the forecasts. So the weather really won't play that much of a role this weekend. I don't think Eli Manning or Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger are going to have much, much of a problem throwing the ball. They're used to uh, cold weather in December, and they've all had a lot of playoff practice and playoff success in, in uh, colder weather in January. Uh, even though uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the word is that he doesn't like the, uh, the cold weather, but he plays in Green Bay. I mean, that's an occupational hazard. The only one that you would worry about is Matt Moore, of the Miami Dolphins, if he plays, or Ryan Tannehill, either one. Uh, the Miami quarterback, you're going to worry about um, them throwing the ball because they're not used to it. Uh, as far as the other ones, really, no, no worry. Oakland and Houston, they play in a dome. Uh, will they keep the dome open? Probably not. Probably, uh, um, that, that, well, actually, they, they, they might keep it open uh, at 43 degrees. Seattle, of course, plays outdoors, 39 and overcast. That's Seattle weather for you. Uh, Detroit is used to playing in a retractable roof stadium at Ford Field, uh, so that could be a, um, a slight advantage for Seattle. Okay, let's take a look at uh, the best of Week 17 last week, uh, a week where some players who don't get a lot of chances do get some chances. Landry Jones is a perfect example of that, and he was the high, high scorer. He had 29 fantasy points for the week as Ben Roethlisberger did not play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Landry Jones was 24 of 37 for 277 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, the best non-quarterback was Corey Grant of the Jacksonville Jaguars. With T.J. Weldon not playing and injury, uh, an injury to Chris Ivory, Corey Grant was front and center. 18 rushes for 122 yards and a touchdown. He added two catches for 15 yards. He had 28 fantasy points in third place rex burkhead another guy who has gotten an opportunity late in the season uh mainly because giovanni bernard was put on ir but burkhead uh was impressive carried the ball 27 times against baltimore for 119 yards two touchdowns he also had two catches for 25 yards he had 26 fantasy points sam bradford of minnesota had 26 trevor Semyon and carson wentz uh, as well as brock osweiler tied for fifth place overall with 20 fantasy points uh, some notable uh, notable players, uh, uh, Matt Moore at 18 points, Matt Ryan Fitzpatrick, his final game in a Jet uniform most likely, two touchdowns and no interceptions uh, in a Jet win the final week of the season, 16 fantasy points uh, for him. And uh, Connor Cook, in his uh, uh, as he relieved Matt McGloin, he was 14 of 21 for 150 yards, a touchdown and interception, also lost a fumble. He had 11 points. On to uh, running backs, we mentioned Grant and Burkhead, but how about Sean Drone of the Niners, who had uh, two touchdowns on the ground, 41 yards, four catches for 68 yards uh, receiving. He had 18 points. He was the third best running back in, in Week 17. Paul Perkins, uh, the Giants rookie running back, ran for 100 yards, 102 to be exact. And uh, he had 15 points. And Zach Zetter of the Detroit Lions, with Theo Riddick recently placed on IR with his wrist injury, Zach Zetter becomes very important. He had a touchdown on the ground, 69 yards, 41 yards receiving, so 110 all-purpose, and he had 14 
fantasy points. Other notables, Aaron Rakowski of the Packers had 13 points. He was in sixth place. And uh, uh, Ronnie Hillman finished on a, on a pretty good note as he had 91 all-purpose. He had nine points overall for the San Diego Chargers as Melvin Gordon uh, missed another game. And uh, that is a look at running backs. Wide receivers, Geronimo Allison of the Green Bay Packers was the number one receiver in Week 17. He had four catches for 91 yards and a touchdown, 15 points for him. Kobe Hamilton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, with Antonio Brown out. He had three catches on four targets for 54 yards and a touchdown from Landry Jones. He had 13 points. DeMarcus Ayers, also the Pittsburgh Steelers, 44 fantasy, or I'm sorry, 44 receiving yards and a touchdown. He had 10 points. Um, meanwhile, Adam uh, Adam Humphreys of the uh, uh, of the Buccaneers had nine points and 94 yards receiving. Uh, a five-way tie for fifth place: Ted Ginn, Marquise Lee, Brian Walters, also Jacksonville, Cody Core of Cincinnati, and Justin Hardy of Atlanta. Eight points for them. And of course, you may expect that from Ginn and Lee, but the other guys are. Uh, we're getting a shot in week 17. Uh, other notables, J.J. Nelson, 75 yards, receiving the seven points, ended up uh, putting him in a place uh, in, in, in an all-stat man uh, uh, position for the month of December. Um, and that's just about it for wide receivers. Tight ends, Darren Fells was the top tight end in football in week 17. The Arizona uh, Cardinals tight end had one catch for 37 yards, and it was a touchdown. That was the best week of any tight end with 11 points. Ben Koyak of the Jacksonville Jaguars with Julius Thomas out for the year. He had three catches, including a score for 25 yards. He had nine points. Luke Wilson, the backup tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, had nine as well as Jimmy Graham uh, did not uh, did not get towards the top of the uh, top of the charts. Jared Cook had seven points. Will Ty, C.J. Uzoma of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and Virgil Green of the uh, Broncos each had six points. There for kickers, the top kicker Nick Folk of the Jets, 14 fantasy points, three of three in field goals, three of three in extra points. Didn't kick any long ones, uh, but still he was the best kicker in Week 17. Jason Myers was second at 12 points. Josh Lambeau, the kicker for the Chargers, two for two in field goals, three for three in extra points. He had 10 points. Randy Bullock and Robbie Gold of the Giants fourth at nine points. Defense and special teams, the Giants were number one at 20 fantasy points. They allowed 10 points to the Redskins. They also had a return for a touchdown, a fumble recovery, two interceptions of Kirk Cousins, uh, especially the dagger at the end, and four sacks of Cousins. Uh, the Buccaneers were second at 18 points. The Jets and Chargers tied for third with 16, and the Titans had 12 fantasy points. That is your weekly best for Week 17. Uh, let's take a look at injuries. I mentioned Theo Reddick put on IR with a wrist injury. A.J. Green on the last day, the day before Week 17, put on IR with a hamstring injury, Matt Forte. We know about his knee injury, uh, but those were the latest IR um, uh, IR placements. Players who were out for the game uh, this week in, in the wild card, James Starks will miss the game for Green Bay. Concussion did not practice. Uh, he's out. Derek Carr, we know about his lower leg uh, injury. They're saying if the Raiders make it all the way to the Super Bowl, it is possible he comes back. Uh, will they get through Houston this week? That's a bigger question. C.J. Procise out with a shoulder injury for Seattle. It'll be Thomas Rawls uh, completely being the feature back. Ryan Tannehill has been ruled out. Limited practice yesterday, but he will not play tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so will be Matt Moore in there at quarterback. Tannehill's knee injury still keeping him out. Uh, players who are uh, 
players who are questionable. And let's take that position by position here where, you know, especially in the playoffs, questionable doesn't mean all that much just because um, you know that uh, if they, uh, if they could do anything, they will, uh, they will definitely, um, they, they will definitely do whatever they can to get in there. Uh, Tony Romo is the only player uh, who is listed as questionable. Now they have a buy anyway, but it's because of an illness and he's the backup uh, to Dak Prescott going, going into the playoffs running backs. We mentioned, uh, um, uh, Riddick being uh, on IR, but in terms of questionable, uh, you have uh, Spencer Ware questionable, but they're on a bye this week, and he gets to rest up an extra week before the divisional playoffs uh, begin. Uh, also, for wide receivers, uh, anyone of consequence uh, who is questionable, uh, Amari Cooper for Oakland, shoulder injury for him. Michael Crabtree questionable with an ankle. So both top receivers for Oakland, as well as their top two quarterbacks. The top two quarterbacks we know are out, or their they're top one anyway in, in Carr, and, and McGloin looks to be out as well. Cooper and Crabtree are both questionable. Uh, buys this week, and, and that should help them get better for Tyler Ga- or Taylor Gabriel with a foot injury, Malcolm Mitchell with a knee injury of the uh, Falcons and Patriots, respectively. Uh, Randall Cobb is questionable with an ankle, limited practice yesterday. He is questionable for the game against the Giants. Uh, and uh, those are your questionables for wide receivers. Uh, among tight ends, anyone um, questionable would be Ladarius Green of Pittsburgh. Concussion, he's been downgraded. It, uh, it doesn't look good for Ladarius Green. He did not practice yesterday and questionable for the game against Miami. So Jesse James becomes the tight end once again if, uh, if uh, Ladarius Green can't go. By the way, the live feed about to cut out. We still have our game picks and hockey as well, so make sure you tune in to our podcast, download the podcast in its entirety from iTunes, from Stitcher, the Smart Radio app, and you can link to it. We link to it on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sports with the stat man. We'll be with you next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We hope you join us. Thanks so much for joining us live. And now onto the podcast-only version, the final 15 minutes of the program. And uh, uh, we have our uh, game picks. And also, before we do that, our NFL.com Fantasy Playoff Challenge. Here are our picks. For quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's going to have an easy time against the Miami, uh, uh, the Miami secondary, even though the Miami secondary is not bad. It will be cold. That will not stop Roethlisberger. And he will have uh, Antonio Brown to throw to. And the defense will be trying also to stop Le'Veon Bell. So I think Roethlisberger has the best matchup in the first round. Better than Rodgers, um, and um, in, in my opinion, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking at uh, overall rankings um, for, for this week, the two quarterbacks in the Oakland-Houston game are going to be at the bottom of the list, Osweiler and uh, Connor, Connor Cook. Then you have uh, the, next, uh, the, the next group, which to me is um, uh, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Eli Manning, uh, and then towards the top you have uh, Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the, and those are the uh, th- those are the top guys. Oh, I, I would also put on the bottom of the uh, bottom of the list um, right there with Osweiler and, and Cook would be uh, Matt Moore uh, for this one. So um, it would either be Roethlisberger or Rodgers. I'm going to go with Roethlisberger. Running backs, I like Lamar Miller for Houston. Uh, I think he will be able to uh, um, really help Osweiler and really help control the clock. 
uh, Jay Ajayi for the Miami Dolphins. Now, right there, I think Pittsburgh's going to win this one. So Ajayi, I'm saying he's not going to play next week. So I'm not going to get the double points out of him. But I think he will have one of the better running performances of any of the running backs in um, in the wild card weekend. I, I don't think the Giants or the Packers have a running back that I want to that I want to go with. Uh, Latavius Murray would be interesting for Oakland, but uh, I, I don't uh, I don't particularly like that. Le'Veon Bell. If I'm picking Roethlisberger, I'm thinking of game flow and how the game's going to play out. Uh, and if I pick Roethlisberger and Bell. I, I don't know. I might as well pick Brown as well. And I am picking Brown. So I'm going to think passing over running and I'm not going to pick uh, bell necessarily, but never a bad play. I, I would say uh, they may want to keep him fresh uh, for, for down the line. Uh, and, and also um, Thomas Rolls, kind of middle of the pack for me, Zach Zenner, probably towards the bottom of the pack. I think the Lions are going to have to throw early and often. Uh, and uh, in terms of the, um, um, the uh, other game would be, um, well, like Dolphins and Steelers, I, I already mentioned uh, Ajayi is there. Bell is not. So Ajayi and Miller are my running backs. Wide receivers, I'm going with the two of the best in football, Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. Um, Beckham's going to have to be great for the Giants to pull off a win against Green Bay. And I think Brown having that week off will help recharge him. Tight end, I'm going to put in uh, Jimmy Graham for the Seahawks. He has a really good matchup against the Lions. The Lions do not handle tight ends very well. Uh, kickers. I'm going to go with Steven Hauschka. Uh, the, the best weather in Seattle, I would say, uh, or at least a, a kicker that's used to whatever the regular weather would be. Um, it's going to be cold, so uh, Mason Crosby would be a pretty good pick, but I'm going to go with Hauschka instead. And defensive special teams. I think the Seahawks will shut down the Lions, uh, and um, their, their strength is defending the pass, and Detroit's strength is passing. So, um, defense usually wins in those cases, especially with uh, a defense that has as much uh, experience as the Seahawks. So I'm going to pick them. So once again, it's Roethlisberger, Ajayi, and Miller, Beckham and Brown, Graham, Hauschka, and the Seahawks D. That is my fantasy playoff challenge lineup for the wild card round. Let's get to the games. Overall, uh, picking uh, straight up, we were 156 and 100 which is 89th percentile on ESPN.com. It's not great, not two-thirds. I always go for two-thirds. I didn't hit it. And uh, for against the spread, I was 123 and 133. Under 500, also not quite what I wanted. 77 percentile on ESPN, but not good enough. It was not a good year in terms of picking uh, the winners or picking against the spread. It was a good year for the Eliminator Challenge. Uh, I was uh, on ESPN.com. Uh, I was one of uh, 2,544, I believe. Uh, no, 2,596. 2,596, who uh, picked each one of the uh, – or who picked a winner every week without fail. So we were 17-0 and 0 there. Uh, the second chance pool on the NFL – on NFL.com, I was in 793rd place. Eh, not, not too bad. Uh, but still, that was uh, that was then – it is a new season now, and let's make our picks for wild card round. First up, uh, the Raiders and the Texans, they play today at 435 on ESPN. The, um, the, the spreads, I'm going to go with the spreads uh, from um, the uh, website footballlocks.com. 
not locks like on a bagel. I mean, like locks like lead pipe locks, footballlocks.com. The first one, Oakland and Houston, three-and-a-half-point spread to Houston. They are the favorites. And I think Oakland is really in shambles. Um, Penn is out, their offensive lineman. And more importantly, uh, David Carr is out. And he um, uh, he really was having a, uh, a top-ten MVP-type season. Um, even though Latavius Murray is a solid running back, even though Houston is hardly world beaters themselves, um, both of their top receivers are questionable. And I just think the injury bug will make this an easier game than it otherwise would be. Uh, with, with Houston, Brock Osweiler is in there. Uh, it's not Tom Savage. And even though there is some dysfunction going on in, uh, between Bill O'Brien, the head coach, and uh, the front office, uh, where there's a scenario that uh, this might be O'Brien's last game as head coach of the Houston Texans, and there'll be a team, there'll be teams lining up from here uh, to uh, uh, to Houston uh, in, in trying to get him uh, to come to their team. Uh, so I think Houston's going to win it. I think it's I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be double digits. So that is my uh, th- that is my biggest lock of the week. If you're playing confidence, that would be uh, the highest uh, confidence for. Uh, for me, with the spread, Texans minus three and a half. The game tonight, 8-15 on NBC, Lions at Seahawks. The Lions just missed out on their first division win since 1993. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991, since Barry Sanders was the running back, since Wayne Fonts was the coach. And they go to Seattle, one of the toughest places. To- and even though the Seahawks of 2016 is not the same as the one that won the Super Bowl, uh, they were 10-5-1. and one. They had a solid season. The spread is big. The spread is eight points. Uh, and I think Seattle will cover, but it's going to be close to the number. I think I, I, I could see 28-18, something like that. The Seahawks, the fans get loud. Uh, I think they, and obviously having all that playoff experience, I think Russell Wilson will do whatever it takes. Uh, but Matthew Stafford, has had a, a very good season. There's no doubt about that. It's helped resurrect the Lions, and I think they'll be back in the future, uh, but not uh, not this year. I think Seattle wins it, and I think they win it by 10. So I'm going to go with Seattle minus eight in game number two. Tomorrow's two games, quite frankly, they're the more fun games. Dolphins at Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's 11-5, and five, Steelers 10-6. and six. Uh, I think this might be the biggest blowout of the weekend. Steelers um, are, you know, they rested their guys. They rested Roethlisberger and Bell and Brown. And now uh, they're ready to go. And it's going to be at home. It's going to be cold against a team that is a warm weather team. Pittsburgh is favored by 10 points. Take the, take the points. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, give, give the points, give the points. I think they're going to take them behind the woodshed. Uh, I could see 30 to seven as a final score favoring Pittsburgh. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in game number three. And finally, the only local on the schedule, of course, the Patriots made the playoffs, but they have a bye. Giants are in green Bay to face the Packers. Now the Giants have a better record at 11 and five Packers are 10 and six, but the Packers come in hotter. They're in a six game winning streak. The Giants know from six game winning streaks. They had one earlier this year. So they, know about getting on a hot streak the Giants defense has been coming on the Packers defense is not very good especially their secondary Uh, and Eli Manning has put together mediocre regular seasons or good but not great regular seasons and then come alive in the playoffs 
and I see the Giants with the only upset of the week, the only road team that I'm going to pick to win. I'm going to pick the Giants to beat the Packers. I think it'll be something like 27-24, but it's going to be close. Packers are favored by four and a half. I'm going to go with the Giants plus four and a half uh, for the final game of the week. So once again, Houston minus three and a half, Seattle minus eight. Those are the Saturday games on Sunday. Pittsburgh minus 10 and green and I'm sorry, the Giants plus four and a half. Those are the game picks for wild card weekend. And uh, let's uh, let's move on. We have a couple of minutes left, and let's talk about hockey the first few days of the year. And congratulations to Sven Barchi of the Vancouver Canucks. Four goals and an assist in four games, a plus six. He was the top forward in the past seven days. 29 fantasy points for him. Uh, Justin Williams of the Caps, three, four, and seven, and a plus eight in four games. Uh, six penalty minutes as they finally cooled off the Columbus Blue Jackets with a big 5 nothing win on Thursday night. Williams had 26 fantasy points. Nikolai Ehlers of the Jets, 22 points. He had four goals and an assist in only three games. Austin Matthews, the hotshot rookie from the Leafs, three goals, two assists, and a plus two in three games. He had 21.5 points. And J.T. Miller of the Rangers, fifth place among forwards with 21 fantasy points in the top local. Among defensemen, the top five, John Carlson of the Caps, 28 fantasy points, 2-2-4 two, two, and four in four games, a plus six. Truba of the Jets had 22 points. He had a goal and three assists and a plus three in three games. Nathan Beaulieu of the Montreal Canadiens at 21 points. He had also a goal and three assists in three games. Uh, Brooks Orpik of the Caps at 20 points. He had a plus five, three assists in four games. And Shea Weber and Jake Gardner tied for fifth place. We give it to Weber. He had the only goal. An emotional return to Nashville. Goal and three assists for Weber. 17 points. Gardner, the honorable mention, with 17 points. Among goalkeepers, goaltenders, John Gibson was the best, slightly better than Ryan Miller, as the Canucks have come alive. Both of them were 3-0 with a shutout, but Gibson, 162 goals against, a 950 save percentage, saw a little more rubber than Miller did, and that was the difference. 30.8 points for Gibson, 29 points for Ryan Miller. And third place was almost 10 points back in Braden Holpe. And our enforcer of the week, a player who uh, gets the penalties and uh, the goals, Patrick Maroon of the Edmonton Oilers, we'll give it to him. Uh, He had three goals and an assist, plus four and 12 penalty minutes in three games. Uh, Injuries. And we take a look at the latest uh, placings on IR this week. Brendan Gallagher for the Montreal Canadiens, hand injury. He's going to be... out for apparently eight weeks. Jamie Benn, a foot injury. Uh, of course, he uh, is just about in every league. Uh, he is uh, on IR but looking to come back at some point in the next week. He has been out um, uh, basically since uh, New Year's Eve was his most recent game. Uh, but um, he, uh, of course, the, the, the stars need him back, as do uh, fantasy players. Uh, as well. Tyler Toffoli, a lower body injury. He's on IR for the Kings. Max Domi continues to be out with a hand injury, but he is coming back. He went, uh, he, uh, uh, he is looking to be, uh, had hand surgery about three weeks ago. Um, but uh, he is uh, looking to uh, come back. I'm sure he's, he's a far, far enough away back uh, from coming back. I, I, I think it was originally six to eight weeks and we are only two weeks into that. Thomas Hurdle, with a knee injury, he was put on IR. Not sure of his return date either. Andrew Shaw with a concussion. Um, he will not. He has not traveled with the team for their road trip. Uh, they will. Uh, their next home game will be January 9th, but 
Uh, it is uh, touch and go with Andrew Shaw. And Justin Abdelkader with a knee injury. Uh, he will be out at least another week. Alexander Barkov with an undisclosed injury. He's on IR. And uh, uh, he will be out, uh, looks like, two to three weeks. Uh, those are the latest, uh, the latest messages from, uh, from IR and from uh, hockey injuries in terms of hot pickups very quickly here. Michael Grandland, we talked about him. Jared Spurgeon, both Minnesota Wild. Uh, they're available in shallow leagues. Thomas Grice, available in medium-sized leagues with Yara Halak going on waivers and down to Bridgeport. Thomas Grice is the main man for the Islanders. Anthony Mantha for the Detroit Red Wings in medium-sized leagues. Uh, Michael Backlund, also medium-sized leagues. And in deep leagues, Connor Brown of the Toronto Maple Leafs and also goaltender Jared Coro of the Detroit Red Wings. Those are your hot pickups for week 13. That's going to do it here from northern New Jersey. I'm George Stoppos, the Statman. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next Saturday at 10 a.m. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash sports with the Statman, and our website, statmansportsonline.com. And uh, we will talk to you next Saturday from New Jersey. Have a great week, everybody.